Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number two on a Friday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and joined as we are every Friday by the senior producer from NFL Films, also co-host of ESPN's NFL Matchup Show. It is the one and only Greg Cosell. Greg, how are we doing here on a Friday? We're doing great, guys. I, I stayed in my suit today because I'm wearing a new suit, and I just kind of liked it, so I figured I'd leave it on for you guys. You look like a Very million nice. dollars. You look like a, a 1950s head coach on the sidelines. Good for you. Well, there you go. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess Steve all I need is that cigarette, right? You know, That's right. That <laughs> and, or a fedora. Coach, yeah. A fedora and a heat and a That's right, a fedora and a cigarette, and I'd be good to go. You are, you are the party. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. Uh, yeah. Greg Cosell's weekly segment is presented by Scott Lawnyard, an official commercial site work partner of the Buffalo Bills. And, and let's begin here. I know we touched on some of this last week, Greg, with respect to, you know, the Jets and the matchup here the second time around. I don't know if you saw this. Reggie Gilliam is out for this game. I saw that. The Bills yeah. played about 10 plays at 21 personnel the first time around. We're anticipating if it has to be somebody, if, Coach Dorsey wants to still use 21 personnel with a quote-unquote fullback in there, that it would probably be Quinton Morris uh, that would take the role. But as you mentioned last Friday when you were on with us, we are just as intrigued with the use of the pony package last week against New England. And I think it's a good look to use against this Jets defense. What do you think? Uh, Yes. And in fact, you could go back to – the, the first matchup when they did use the pony package and cook win ran a wheel route in the high red zone. And he got on top of safety whitehead 
And that was the play in which Rankins had a sack and a forced fumble. I don't know if you remember that specific play. But this past game against New England, they had 13 snaps with the Pony Package. 12 of them had Cook and Hines. Um, now, they were running plays for the most part. Uh, but they've had 10 days now. And they could certainly expand and enhance that package as they go forward because that's something that the Jets have not quite seen a whole lot of. No one really has, except for, you know, they used it this past week. Uh, but the Jets didn't see much of it week nine. So I wouldn't be surprised, Brownie, if you saw more of that. Obviously, Hines now being here with extra time for practice. Both Cook and Hines are really good receivers. You could well see that. Why would that be a good matchup? Well, number one, Steve, I think you have to. then the Jets would have to decide – how they want to defend that from a personnel standpoint. Because if you're playing with two backs, let's say in three, let's say you're playing two backs and three wide, you know, I think they go nickel. If you're playing two backs and one tight end with Knox, do they go nickel? Do they go big nickel, which they played snaps of using Parks as the third safety? Do they stay base and keep Quan Alexander on the field as a third linebacker? That becomes the first question. And then the second question becomes, how do they match up to it? Are they playing at zone? Are they playing at man? Who matches up to whom? You know, these are all questions that they'll know the answer to the Jets, obviously, before the game. None of this will be done on a whim, but it's just something they, they then have to pre prepare for and practice. The last few weeks, the Bills defense has faced quarterbacks that, for the most part, stay in the pocket, not yep. second reaction throwers, as you like to say. No. Would Mike yep. White fall into that category as well? Because it seems like when a play gets off script, it's more often than not he doesn't make something great happen. No, I would say, Brownie, that Mike White's not a statue, but he's not a second reaction player. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think what has shown up in his two starts uh, is the fact that the ball comes out. He doesn't get stuck in the pocket. Um, he seems to have a relatively refined sense of timing, which is probably the way he was brought up in the game as a quarterback because he's not an exceptional athlete. Um, I thought in the two starts, and I know he played last year against Buffalo and it didn't go well, uh, but that's a year ago, so who knows. But in his two starts, he knew where to go with the ball based on the route concept versus the coverage, and the ball pretty consistently came out within the structure of the play concept. That's the kind of quarterback he is, and I think that's the kind of quarterback he has to be to be an effective player. Give us an idea about his weapons. Who's his favorite guy? I mean, Garrett Wilson has really emerged Garrett over the last few, Wilson, few few weeks. Yeah, Garrett Wilson's a really good receiver, Steve. I thought he was, you know, I'm bad with lists, but if I had to make a list of the receivers coming out of this draft, this previous draft, I would have said from a pure talent standpoint, I had George Pickens number one. Wilson may well have been my number two. I really like Garrett Wilson's game. Um, I think you can line him up anywhere. You can line him up at X. You can line him up as a Z, as the movement receiver, which they do. He's a really, really good route runner. He has a great feel for understanding how to get corners turned, how to get them off their spot. Um, and he's really good run after catch. I think he's a really good receiver um, and, and on his way to being one of the better ones in the league. Okay, one problem, though, that the Jets have had is converting on third down. They've been over 40% conversion rate just once in the last seven weeks, and that was against the Bears, the worst third down defense in football, and even then they were only 7 of 12. 
Um, right. What is the main sticking point for them on third down from what you've seen? Is it not getting in favorable down and distance? Is it a pure execution issue? Is it pass protection? What is there an overriding factor there that you've seen? Well, I, I think, Brownie, you've got to just now look at the Mike White situation because, you know, Zach Wilson was was really, really bad. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I, you know, I say that honestly as a film study statement, not as trying to be personal. You know, Zach Wilson is at the point, unfortunately, where he's broken and he needs you need to start from scratch. But that's not relevant for this game. Um, so I think you have to look at Mike White. Um you know, I don't know his numbers offhand. You, you know, you may know just the last two games yeah. offhand. So they went. My guess is, go ahead. They went seven of twelve against the Bears, the worst third down defense in football. Yeah. And then last yeah. week they went three for sixteen on third down. Yeah, they were bad last week on third down. And you know, when I watched the tape, I didn't necessarily come away saying here's the reason why. I thought that that early in the game they really struggled. I thought their their pass game early was was tough. And then I thought that uh, late in the first half, you may remember this play because I know you looked at it. Um, White hit Wilson late in the first half, 18 yards on an outcut. I don't know if you remember that play. It was, mm. it was really a, a big time throw. And I thought he then got comfortable in the game and he started to make a lot of good throws in the second half. So I don't want to use the one game last week as a reason why they can't convert on third down. Obviously, you have to convert on third down. And last week's game was kind of odd because they sort of got behind pretty big and then they did come back and they literally had to throw the ball a ton in the second half. Um, one area, what, what, one thing they have featured on, uh, they've, they featured Brownie in, in White's two starts is play action. Yeah. Um, they've, there've been a lot of play action dropbacks and White's been really, really good. Okay. Um, He's 18 for 26 for 329 and a touchdown on, on off play action. And 14 of those 18 completions have resulted in first downs. So I think that's something you really have to be aware of because they do it a lot and they've done it well with Mike White at quarterback. Well, certainly the Minnesota game last week was a little bit of an aberration because it seems to me the Jets would love to run the football more than they did against Minnesota. But they got you know Michael Carter, James Robinson, Ty Johnson, but – Zonovan Bam Knight seems to be a newfound toy that they're kind of enamored with. Give us a little insight as how important is their run game in comparison to other teams around the league and how are they doing in it? Well, I think I agree with you, Steve. I think they would want to run the ball more. Last week they got into a game where they were behind and I think they felt like they had to throw. Um, so I don't think they want to play that way. Now, Knight, I watched him. He's a rookie from North Carolina state. Um, I didn't think he was a higher level running prospect. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that's he's got good size. There's a, a physical feel to him. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's shifty and elusive. I would say that he's much more of a strong runner with contact balance. You do need to get bodies to him to, to bring him to the ground. Um, so, you know, he's not, he's not bursty. He's kind of a one speed guy. He's kind of methodical. So, I guess the way this game plays out will dictate how much they run the football. You know, if the game's close, I would think that they would want to stay with the run game to some extent. If the Bills can get ahead and they abandon the run game, then I think obviously Knight or any any other back would not really be a big factor in the game. And to this point, we have not seen 
the corners for the Jets travel at all. They really like nope. they like Reed and they like Sauce where they are, and he's not afraid afraid to play man coverage um, and leave those guys on islands. Does I mean did, has that pretty much been consistent throughout um, the season, yeah. or have they played you know significantly more zone in any one week? I think they play pretty much a number of things. You know, I don't think they're a a high percentage one or the other. Um, I think they play a lot of different coverages. uh, And I think that they're, you know, they're pretty comfortable playing that. I think they're more zone than man overall. Um, You know, that's that's pretty much the way Salah is. I would say that when you just look at it overall, they would be a, a, a reasonably higher percentage zone coverage defense, Brownie, than a man coverage defense. Everybody plays man situationally, but this is more of a zone-based defense. I would say their defensive profile against pass would be four-man D-line pass rush, zone coverage, not a high-percentage blitz team. They didn't blitz much in the Week 9 meeting. And you're 100% right about Gardner and Reed. Gardner plays left corner, Reed plays right corner. I remember before the last game listening to other people and saying to myself, I guess these people don't watch the games, saying, I can't wait for the Gardner-Diggs matchup. And you know what? Gardner ended up lining up over Stephon Diggs twice, and it was both times it was because Diggs went in motion. So he's not going to travel with Stephon Diggs. What did the Jets what were the Jets able to do in the last matchup that stifled the Bills offense? Um I thought their pass rush was a big factor in the game. I thought that they got Josh playing a little fast at times. Um, He wasn't as patient in the pocket as we've seen. Um, Their pass game got a little out of sync. Um, You know, and Allen was out of sync. So, you know, I think that was kind of the first game where they really started to get Cook involved. And that's clearly continued. So I think we'll see how that plays out. Uh, But, you know, I think for the most part that the Bills pass game was not really what we come to expect it to be. And I think, you know, we'll see if that's the case this week. As I said, the Jets relied almost exclusively on a four-man D-line pass rush. They didn't blitz much at all. You know, the Bills only gained just over 300 yards in that game. It was an odd game because they were effective on third down if you look at the numbers. But Allen was not good on third down. So it was an odd game in terms of how they converted their third downs. And then just circling back to the pony package that we started with, as in, yep. you know, as much as they might want to run out of that, like they did last week, I think there's some some passing options that can be had here in the underneath areas, you know, against that second line of defense for the Jets. I mean, we saw it last week. Josh did not hesitate to go to the backs. I mean, Cook had six no. catches for forty something yards. And there were times where I'm saying to myself, that didn't look like a check down. I'm wondering if Cook was like the first guy in the read on a couple of them because he went to him so quickly. I mean, it's probably not the case, but I guess the, the point I'm driving at here is I think that's a good way, knowing it's tough for the Bills, or at least it has been for most of the year, to run traditional screens with backs effectively. I'm wondering if, you know, using them out of the backfield on quick release, you know, passing routes can kind of alleviate some of the pressure that the Jets can generate. Well, here's what we don't know, Brownie. You know, those plays, what we don't know is this. When you when you when a team plays zone, 
and and let's say Allen takes the snap and drops back, and then the underneath coverage retreats immediately to a pretty decent depth. We don't know if if Josh is told, hey, just throw the short, quick throw to the to the back that looks like a checkdown. But if you're going to get eight, nine, ten, eleven yards, there's nothing wrong with that, particularly right. if it's first down or if it's second and six. And you know what? Maybe we start to pull those linebackers up a little bit. And for a team that plays predominantly zone, what then happens, and Steve, you know this, then you create that void between the underneath coverage and the deep coverage because the Jets do play a lot of split safety. So you start to get that void. So that's the one thing we don't know what Ken Dorsey and staff are telling Josh. They could well be telling him, hey, if you see those linebackers getting out of there, you know what? Throw it to Cook. Throw it to Singletary. We'll take the 9, 10, 11-yard gain every single time, and it may pay off as the game progresses. Right. Let's, I'm going to flip it around and ask you a little bit about the Bills' defense. Tredavious White's snap count is starting to climb as he gets yep. more accl- acclimated. How do you think that changes the back end of the Bills' defense? Well, I think it changes it significantly, assuming he's Tredavious White, because he's a really good corner, and so he's better than the corners that – um, they would be playing with otherwise. So, you know, I think that helps a lot. And I think in this game, that would be really important because the Jets do have pretty good receivers. You know, Moore has been playing well. Mims has been getting some good snaps. Um, so I think that, you know, if Whites can play 40, 50, whatever the number of snaps, then that that's obviously a really good thing. He's a really good player. Um, I forget the number of snaps he played last week. I know the first game he only played 16 snaps, but I think he played meaningfully more last week. Yeah, it was over 30, I know for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then on the other side, we've seen Xavier Rhodes, the veteran pickup, get a lot more time. He got he certainly got a lot last week. Um, the Bills like long corners, and he is that. I know he's a 10-year veteran. Um, yeah, but you mentioned Mims and that's a big target. A guy like Rhodes is not a bad matchup for a tall player like that. No, no. And, and, you know, again, the, the bills, you know, like for instance, last week, the bills played predominantly zone, uh, and they played both single high and split safety, you know, Rhodes, I think at this point in his career is a really good zone corner. Yeah. You know, I think he understands how to play zone. You know, he's been in the league a long time. I think Tredavious white can do anything. Um, you know, I thought the Bills actually showed some nice com- combination coverages as well on third down where it had zone principles and man principles. I think you'll see more of that because at the end of the day, I know White's not a rookie, but he's not started a lot of games in this league. And his whole game is built on getting the ball out. So anything you can do to just make that slow down, even a millisecond, even half a beat is a positive. So I think you'll see some disguised looks, some some hybrid looks anything that just perhaps makes him hold it. Uh, you know, obviously they were without Von Miller. Um, you know, I think they can still rush the quarterback. Obviously Miller is, is, is an all-timer, but I still think they can rush the quarterback uh, to some degree without Von. You know, we got a uh, word this week. Uh, Matt Milano is questionable for the game. He's been, he hasn't practiced much, is dealing with an injury. Uh, last time these two teams played, Tredavious White wasn't on the field. Jordan Poirier wasn't on the field. And, of course, Milano was not on the field yeah, in that no, game either. Now, he may and not Rousseau be this... got dinged and only played 15 snaps. Right, and Rousseau was yeah. off the field. So the, how – I mean, you're talking about 40, four guys, 40% of your starting 11 or thereabouts uh, that were not there. 
where have you seen this Bills team evolve to from the beginning? If you can think about it, because I know you've watched you know 150 games of film. Right, 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 right. Um, you know, from the beginning of the year, now that they've got you know when he's healthy, obviously Milano, Tredavious White, of course, when he's healthy, Jordan Poyer, now that he is healthy and back on the field, along with everybody except Von Von Miller. You know, this is a much different team than we've seen at other points during the season. Is it not? Um, I think every team evolves. I think, as you recall, in that first Jets game, the Jets really ran the ball effectively in that, you know, when they got the ball late in the game, uh, it was a 17-17 game. And they, I think they, uh, if memory serves me correctly, the first eight plays of that drive were, were runs by Robinson and Carter. So, I mean, it was an odd kind of game. It wasn't as if, and, and like I said, it was Wilson, not White, but it wasn't as if the pass game was killing the, the uh, Bills. You know, I think everybody was surprised, Brownie. Wouldn't you agree? When on that final drive, when they ran the ball eight consecutive times, yeah. and I think they gained over seventy yards on those eight runs. It was a poor tackling runs. game. I remember Leslie Frazier talking yeah. about it being a poor tackling game, and Poyer, Poyer, White, Milano, those are probably three of your more sure tacklers. So having them on the field, hopefully, if Milano can go. And and by the way. You know, Bernard was the player who played for Milano, right. and I don't think he would be the player who would play this week, quite honestly, AJ if, Klein, if Milano yeah. can't go. It, it would be A.J. Klein. Yeah, right. And, you know, I remember watching that tape and thinking to myself, because Bernard played almost every snap, if not every snap, thinking to myself, God, he really looks small on film. He looks like a safety. And I thought he played small. Like, I didn't think he was a factor in the run game. Right, and you're right, AJ. We're thinking the same thing. We've discussed it. AJ Klein would be the next guy in if if Milano can't go. Another guy that's out this week is probably is Jordan Phillips, the big defensive tackle. Yeah. Now the Bills, I think he rotates in, so it's hard to say what kind of percentage it would change things because Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver and uh, Tim Settle have been pretty good down inside themselves, but with an extra big body like like Jordan Phillips rotating in and not there this week, it might be difficult to see a substantive change in the the run defense they've been able to put out there in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I agree with you, Steve. I mean, look, you can go back to that last game. You know, I just looked at my notes and the Jets got the ball at their four yard line with 753 remaining in a 1717 game. And I guarantee that there were a lot of Bills fans and maybe even you guys that thought, hey, they're at their four yard line. This defense will hold them. They'll get good field position and the Bills will go on and win and win the game. And then they had eight straight runs for 73 yards, three runs of 10 plus yards. So that really turned out to be the way that game played out. You know, it wasn't as if the Jets just killed the Bills' defense, but in that moment in the game, they could not stop the run. And I think that's where Bernard was was a factor. Like you said, Steve, Brett, I think Klein would, would, would be the guy if Milano can't go. Greg, thanks as always. We appreciate it. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll catch up with you next week. All right, guys, appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. All right, that's Greg Crosell, senior producer from NFL Films, also co-host of the ESPN NFL matchup show that airs on the weekends on ESPN. We have to take a break here because when we come back, we'll be joined by a Wall of Famer in studio. One Daryl Talley is on the scene. He joins us next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collada Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back here on One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and a Wall of Famer by the name of Daryl Talley. Actually, we got two two Wall of Famers and just a guy named Chris here uh, on One Bills Live. Uh, Daryl, good to have you. Glad you finally made it. He is uh, this week's legend of the game when the Bills host the Jets. Legend of the game is presented by the BFLO Store, the official retailer of the Buffalo Bills. Download and visit the Bills app. Enter for a chance to win a $250 BFLO Store gift card and a signed Daryl Talley football. Saturday, December 10th, 1 to 2 p.m. He's going to be at the BFLO Store on Transit Road, so you can get a free autograph there. Sunday... 11 to 12, he's going to be on the Seneca sound, sound stage right over on Abbott Road for a meet and greet and some signing, some autographs as well. Hope your hand's in shape, Daryl. You, you know. Got to be in shape. The rest <laughs> of me's not. Now, before we go any further, we need to remind fans what happened because Daryl was originally supposed to be the legend of the game for the Browns game. Obviously a East Cleveland guy. It, it, it all fit together. It was perfect. The, was thing perfect. That, the thing that wasn't perfect was the damn weather. Weather. <laughs> because we had November Park 2 here where it snowed six feet. But Daryl was committed to driving here, and we had him on the show that Friday from Cleveland in his car when a, one, when a, when a wager went down live on the air between him and Tasker, and this is how it played out. I think it's a well-put-together yeah, plan. Yeah, I'll see you Tuesday. <laughs> Steve, Steve has no faith. You ain't going to make it. You are not going to make it. He's got no faith. I got a hundo that says you don't make it. I, I got a – no. No, I, I shouldn't have said that. Because <laughs> Daryl walked. For $100, Daryl walked. It would be walked to Buffalo. Daryl, I'm telling you right now, he wasn't even convinced you were going to get connect with us on Zoom. Yeah, Let I alone Zoom, get here on Sunday. I thought for sure the Zoom would give you problems, but you made it. Oh. It did give me problems, but I did make it. Like he I did said. make it. See, all right, I'll now tell you. you right. have a little Listen, more faith. I, if you're all right, if you're, I, yeah, you got all the way till Sunday at one. All right, I just, I just, okay. I good luck, bro. Sun, travel I, safe. I, I got Sunday at one, right? Yes. Yeah. Travel safe. 
I will do that, brother. Yeah, you got you got that in the bag. And now. I got I'm your hundo saying. waiting on you if you show up. <laughs> I'll be sitting there. I'll be coming in looking for my bin now. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I got you. All right. So th- that's how yeah. it went down. Now it never happened. Here's the, here's the here's the ultimate question. The game gets relocated to Detroit, so Daryl doesn't have to drive here. So what happens? Is it is the whole? F- is this like a sports book when it's off the board? <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. One of the things for sure, I ain't paying a hundo because he didn't he show up. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, I like, was I where I was that. supposed to be. They, uh, yeah. they moved the game. <laughs> it was where you're supposed to. <laughs> they be. moved the whole entire game. <laughs> Nobody's where they're supposed to be. <laughs> Least of all you. That's right. Well, we were we? all supposed to be over there. We were all across supposed the to be parking there. lot, and it never happened. So. I, you know, all I know is you weren't the legend of the game. <laughs> there wasn't a game. There, so the hundo is, how, the, you know. How could I play a game? How could I come to a game that wasn't? Well, needless. The game was. It just wasn't, wasn't here. here. <laughs> so needless to say, I haven't seen my hundo yet. I'll tell oh, you what. <laughs> I, got, right. I would tend to think, just in all fairness, that this would be like one of those things where you you see the thing up on the board at the sports book in the casino, they take it and then they the take it off the board. board. I think that's what we've got here. So if you guys can, I can agree on that, that yeah, all right. then all right. everybody keeps their money and, I ain't and their, c- on this and their cigars. Because there was a cigar in there, too, somewhere. That is true. I'm pretty sure Daryl can make this game since he's already here. Okay. Decades past, maybe not. But no, I'm sure Daryl's... Yeah, I'll make in it. shape. He'll be here. That's good. Time. That's good. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to get your take first and foremost, Daryl. Uh, he missed the last couple of games with a groin injury. He comes back last Thursday night. The first 20 plays on defense, Tremaine Edmonds was playing like he had his hair on fire. That's, what, that's, did you, yeah. what did you see from him last Thursday in his return after missing two games? I seen a guy that was playing very, very well, scraping up and in. I mean, he he went after the ball. I mean, that was the best I'd seen our linebackers play the whole year. Like he looked really instinctive in that game. And he looked like he was he he was a man on a mission. He had a he had an object, objective to do. Yeah, he and was. that's the thing that I looked at. He just he just looked like he was possessed for a little while. <laughs> You know, that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a good thing because we all get possessed every now and then. I mean, a lot of people don't believe that, but that does happen when you go out, out on the field. Yeah, he he really has played at a different level this year, and you know, we've been talking about it a ton because you know, we all his contract situation is he's a first round draft pick, and he has played at a really high level, and he's twenty five. That's he seems like he's been here for ten years, and he's twenty five. <laughs> I know that's what's really really shocking. And, I mean. He's going to get better even. I mean, he's, he's going, going to into his prime now. He's, he's really getting ready to start to turn the corner now to whereas everybody else is going to start being afraid because the talent is just going to he's, – he's been in the system now for three years, right? More than More that. Than that. No, 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 no. Five, five. Five years. Got, five years. So guess what? Right now is when he's starting to take off. This is right now is becoming his prime time to leap. They drafted him. On draft day, he was 19. 19. He was 19 when they drafted him. And now he's – and he started since the first time he stepped on it. Now he turned 20. Ran the defense. He turned 20 before he stepped on the field. But he was 20 as a starting middle linebacker in the NFL on a playoff team. Um, that's huge. That's 
That's huge. That's, That's something. Uh, and it's his body of work. And while Bills fans have been lukewarm about him at times because they think he, you know, for all the things they say, running past blocks and do it, not doing stuff exactly the right way, that's changed. That has really well, changed. My thing is this. Here's what you have to remember. He's a six foot five, two hundred and forty five pound guy that can run four five, four four. And with the long arms that he has, if he uses the leverage, he can keep people away. Yeah. And I guarantee you, I, I ain't gonna guarantee you that. I ain't gonna say that. I think he and Milano would make make a great team as long as they keep them together right now. And yeah. I mean they're both starting to play well together. And when they're both playing well together, you notice that there's no, no big holes mm. when they're playing and running downhill. They've been, they've been helped by those safeties, those DTs coming in this year, though, too. I mean, those three guys they got, I mean, they're, they're running that's, clean. That's the biggest part about keeping it. Them because, clean. Well, not necessarily keeping them clean, but my thing is this. If they're not going to make the play, at least hold the guy up so he can't get to me to block me. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed, too, and you talk about Tremaine and the year he's having, and a lot of people don't realize this. You go back to look at guys like even Dick Butkus way back in the day uh, and Brian Urlacher and Luke Keekley and these middle linebackers that have been really successful. Now, certainly there are exceptions to it, like um, London Fletcher, uh, Sam Mills, guys like that. But the guys I'm talking about, like Tremaine, when you see the game and you watch a film from behind the quarterback and you've got a middle linebacker who's going to carry a tight end or a running back down the middle of the field, he blots them out. Luke Keekley was a tall guy. Erlocker was an enormously tall guy. It scares quarterbacks off of those throws, even if they don't have perfect coverage, because they cover – because they're so big. Because of look. Their reach is so they, big. This is, what, around this a is what it is, Sevy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's these things right here, these arms, these tentacles he's got. It's trying to throw the it's trying to throw a football in your living room to your little brother in the corner and your dad standing in front of him. Yeah, that's, that's a good what way it to looks put it. like. Yeah. And it's there's no room, no space, and you're like you're they're standing there like this trying to look for a hole to throw it in. And, wait, no, and there ain't no time. That's just and that's just gives those guys like that an edge, which is why Sean McDermott and the philosophy and whatever parameters they're looking to draft a guy in. And they, they draft a guy like Tremaine who's perfect for that. A big guy, just big, for that. big, huge body with long arms is physical. And that's what you need. And we have that, right? right? So my thing is this. Let's continue his growth and let's keep him around because I think that they got something really good. Because yeah. right now, if you look at it, he was the first he was the first one of all the young guys to pick his to poke his head out of the um, out of the nest, as you would say. To say, hey, look, I can do this. I can play here. I can play at this level. Yeah. So once he did that, now he's done it. Now all he has to do is stay there and get better because all it is is working at his craft. Now let's talk about the whole next man up philosophy. They knew they weren't going to have Vaughn for at least the next four games once they put him on IR last week. But now they go in, exploratory surgery, ACL surgery repair is needed, done for the season. You got some young bucks in there at the end position, along with Shaq Lawson, who I think is having a pretty solid season, especially as an edge, as an edge setter. Um, Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, they know it's on them now. You know, they're still. I mean, you're talking about one third year player and two second year Hold players. It. It's always been on them. Okay. Because they play defense. Right. Their job is to stop somebody. Don't matter when it comes up. How it comes up. 
It could be the last play of the game or the first play of the game. My job is to stop them. Yeah. That's what their job is to do. Let's get this work done. Simple as that. Simple as that. There's, there's no hemming and hawing about it. Yeah. We know what we're here for. We come here for one purpose, to win games. What's my job? Stop the offense. Okay. I got to go stop the offense and take the football away. Those are two things I'm supposed to do. Hmm. So get, get my hat and my coat. And get my butt on the field and get it done. So, did you have a good trip in? <laughs> oh, dude, the, the trip on the way in was was very interesting. Met a lot of wonderful people on their way back. I to saw Buffalo. it. I saw my social media. I, saw, I knew what you were wearing before you showed up because <laughs> everybody's taking pictures with you in the airport. Yeah, that was funny. I sat yeah. down at the airport. I'm sitting there, and next thing I know, I thought I was at a photograph session. Yeah. What's the you talk about you coming in this jet game. We talked about, you know, you were supposed to be in like Cleveland. Them. This jet game, this is a division game late, and it's a December game in Buffalo. It's the jet, all that stuff. Give, us, give me a memory of your favorite jet game of all time that my, you played in. My favorite jet game I played in? Oh, I know. I think I can the guess. One, one in New York. Oh, okay. Where Bruce is sitting on the sidelines. You may remember this. With some hot chicken noodle soup. <laughs> and he's slurping the soup, and I'm looking at him. I told him. I looked at him, I said, what in the Mm-mm-mm. are you doing sitting over here? I'm out here fighting my ass off, getting beat up. You need to get your big butt out here with me. I caught him a few other words in between, but he got the message about I needed some help. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing, Sevy, everybody talks about the New York Jets, and everybody says, who have we won most of our ASU championship games against? The New York Jets. Yeah. And they're always – I'm going to be honest with you, I think this game is going to be tight. I think this game is going to be decided by a field goal. Mm. Yeah, I remember a game it's in just, 88. It's just, it's, just the way we, it's just the way we play the Jets. Yeah, I saw, the, I saw a recap, a video recap today on, on social media about the 1988 game when, the, you know, after the Bills had, had been down for so long, Freddie blocks a field goal for them to win it. We go down, we win it. <clears throat> uh because of the blocked field goal. And the, the you won goal, the division on that the game, won right? The one division yeah. on the goal the post come down, fandemonium, the whole, the whole nine yards. I remember uh, I actually followed Fred up the tunnel because he was, like, cutting a swath. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> were in trouble down there. Yeah. All you had to do was follow Fred. Yeah, I was a, you were getting out. <laughs> it was a bad matchup for me and the fans, right? <laughs> so uh, I was losing the matchup, so I got behind Freddie. Um, those, there are some great – I remember the, the Halloween game in New York on a Monday night football game. When they were bouncing around, they were bouncing around a big four-foot jack-o'-lantern one night uh, on that night, and then also it was painters' cap night, and they, were, they started fires up in the upper deck of Giant Stadium. They lit, they because we were beating them thirty-five-three yeah, or something. That sounds about right. And they piled up like all the hats up, two hundred fifty of those hats, and they lit them on fires. There's a fire going on in the stadium, um, and that's also I think that might have been the night where Bruce comes out and unfurls this. Pass rush move is the rip and spin move, and poor Trevor Maddich gave up like four sacks to Bruce uh, in that game or something. It was, it was one of those games that was just, goodness gracious, um, just dominant performance. It was in their building. Those are fun jet um, games. I, I don't mean to date you, Daryl. I know which one you're going to say. No, no, no. I don't, I don't even want to talk about jet games right now because, you know, you came in a little bit after Leslie Frazier came in with the Bears – He's going into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. He just got named to the induction class yeah. yesterday. Um, you know, 
two defensive guys that kind of appreciate their peers. What I mean in the time, I mean I know you guys didn't play the Bears a whole lot. We played the Bears. But, we played in eighty. Yeah. I had to play against. I played against Leslie. Yeah. So maybe just kind of for fans that are too young to know Leslie Frazier, the player, because he was pretty productive. He, he DB. Was, he, he was a he was a damn damn good DB to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, he knew where he had to be, and he would hit you. He would strike fire on you. And the thing that he always did was he never got caught out of position too much. And that was the one good thing about him. He was always where he was supposed Reliable. to be. Reliable. Yep. That's what you got to be. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I mean, it's a shame. His career got cut short by that knee injury in the Super Bowl. Returning a punt, and he blew his knee out, never came back from Amazing. it. Good. And he was done after six seasons. It's, un- it's unfortunate because he was on a pretty damn good team. Well, you, you, have to, you don't have well, to tell me. Yeah. Part of the reason that Half team. Half of them came out of school with me. Yeah, that, yeah. that uh, Leslie Frazier and guys like him were the reason that team only went to and won one Super Bowl. That, the 85 Bears team was was unbelievable. And, you know, they, they, they got say, there once. They got to one Super Bowl. Yeah. And they talked about us being loaded. Now, if that isn't loaded, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Daryl, thanks. We'll uh, have fans looking for you out at the BFLO store on Saturday, 1 to 2 p.m. That's the Transit Road location. Daryl will be out there for autographs. And Sunday, he'll be over here at the Seneca Soundstage on Abbott Road before the game, 11 to noon, for some meet and greet. So if you, if you thought you took enough pictures at the airport today, <laughs> wait till Sunday. They'll be, uh, you'll be getting mobbed. Have your smile on Permagrin because <laughs> you're going to need it. I'm going to need Permagrin, huh? <laughs> thanks for joining us, Darrell. We All appreciate right, thanks, it. DT. We're going to take a, a break here. Be back to close things up next on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. All right, here we are, One Bills Live on a Friday, just about ready to pack this thing in. And it's time for Vision to Victory, presented by Atwal Eye Care, the official eye care provider of the Buffalo Bills. For Steve, I got two things. I think one you got to use the backs in the passing game for easy outlets for Josh to neutralize the pass rush. And we know that the screen game isn't super strong on the part of the Bills offense, but I think there can be some check down throws, some swing passes, stuff like that, that could get the Bills easy yardage to stay on schedule down and distance-wise, move the football down the field, get into scoring territory and take it from there. And then I think defensively, they got to put it on Mike White. I think if they get Mike White over 35 pass attempts, he'll give you one, and they win the game. I think that's exactly right. I think you've got to find a way to negate their pass rush that gave them a problem last time they played, and that means quick release, get Josh on some timing routes, um, and also in, try and incorporate a little bit more of a run game as well. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Brownie. You've got to get rid of the ball, get the ball out of Josh's hands in the passing game, Give them a little bit of hesitation. Don't don't be afraid to use the run game if you need to. Run right at those pass rushers first and foremost, mm-hmm. um, and and give them a chance to uh, to hesitate. And and you're right, defensively, you got to stop the run first and foremost, and give them third and long. They struggle on third and long. When I, we, the Bills have struggled defensively on third and long as well. But get them in third and long and get them off the field, This and this team will play it into your hands. Steve and Maddie will have the postgame wrap-up on Bills tonight. We will have a full recap on Buffalo Football Monday. We will see you at noon. Enjoy the game on Sunday, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 